0: nicola everett hello hope you're okay and had a good bank holiday weekend thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast it's tuesday may the 3rd and our top story today is that a man's been stabbed following a crash that left a car on its roof in herm bay police and paramedics along with fire crews were called to stanley road just after seven this morning well at kent online you can see pictures of a white car on its roof in the road with a blue car next to it and the area taped off our reporter jack dyson has been to the scene
1: in a part of Herne Bay that residents say is usually quiet, two cars sat motionless in the middle of a street, with one on its roof. Police had been called to the scene in Stanley Road just after 7am today, after receiving reports of the crash and a stabbing shortly afterwards. A man was taken to a London hospital later that morning for treatment, he's understood to be in a stable condition. Residents say Uh, They saw several emergency vehicles scramble to the scene, while one neighbour tended to the man until they arrived. Now police are appealing for information as they piece together what happened.
0: As Jack said, officers are urging anyone who witnessed what happened or has information about it to contact them. The number is 01843. 222289 that's 01843 222289, and you need to quote the reference number 030150 that's 030150 Kent Online News Other top stories from the county for you today and a court has heard how an arson attack left a Canterbury couple trapped inside their smoke-filled home. Richard Barham set several cars alight in the St Dunstan's area last July causing more than 70,000 pounds worth of damage. Well, the 38-year-old from Beckett Avenue, whose picture you can see on the website, has now been jailed for eight years. Detectives are questioning two men and a woman as they investigate a crash near Faversham, which killed an 18-year-old boy. He'd been riding a bike, which collided with a car on Lower Road in Tenham in the early hours of yesterday. Three people, aged between 18 and 20, were arrested. A man's been charged following an attack in Ramsgate that left the victim in hospital. A man in his Thirties was taken to London for treatment after being assaulted on the high street in the early hours of Saturday. A twenty five year old is due in court while a twenty one year old has been released on bail. Now PO ferries are resuming passenger sailings from Dover. They haven't run for more than six weeks after the company suddenly sacked all of its staff and replaced them with lower paid agency workers. The spirit of Britain ship is the only one that can make the journey so far as the others are still undergoing safety checks. You may remember that. freight services resumed last month well our business editor chris Britcher joins me now so chris will passengers be flocking back do you think
1: Hi Nick. Well the service is still pretty limited. Um, there's just one p ferry which has been given the nod by the Maritime Coast Guard agencies to sail so far and that as you rightly say is the spirit of Britain. So unsurprisingly space is limited and the majority of p passengers and freight traffic is being booked onto its rival DFDS's services as the two companies have a reciprocal agreement in place. There is just one passenger service operating today, Tuesday, but more should be operating from tomorrow.
0: And it was on March the 17th that the sailing stopped following that shock announcement regarding their staff. How long will that live in the memories of passengers, do you reckon?
1: Well, the old saying goes that it can take years to build a reputation and just a moment to lose it. And that's the issue p faces right now. I think most people planning a trip will look to avoid P&O while the memory of how it treated its staff is so fresh in the mind. But, and it's a big but, traditionally as consumers, we have short memories for this sort of thing. I think the reality is that if P&O get involved in some aggressive pricing, you'll find customers flocking back. The summer is, after all, just around the corner and for many of us it will be the first chance to get away since 2019 in the uh, pre-pandemic era.
0: And there have been some concerns about safety with these lower paid agency staff coming in. Any thoughts on that one for us at all today?
1: When you hear of experienced staff being let go and replaced with agency staff, it doesn't necessarily fill you with confidence, does it? But these vessels can only resume once the Maritime and Coast Guard has carried out their thorough checks and assured themselves both the ferries and the crew are capable of safely transporting passengers across the channel. I think we have to trust the authorities here to ensure vessels don't leave port without competent staff in place.
0: Now, I was speaking to a union boss recently. Obviously, he's still very, very angry about what PO did and would like their services boycotted. He also called on the government to do more. What could be next for the company, do you think? Because it sounds like they're just getting back to business.
1: I think they're doing just that. They've made few public comments since cutting the staff and I'm sure they're just hoping the storm blows over and we as consumers forget the furore when it comes to booking our next crossing. I suspect as that happens, the government's desire to do more may be diluted too, but we'll have to wait and see. Perhaps, just perhaps, they'll surprise us.
0: Chris, thank you ever so much. For the time being, Operation Brock remains in place on the M20. Now, that's the contraflow system between Maidstone and Ashford, so lorries can wait on the carriageway to board ferries to France. National Highways had previously said it would stay active over the bank holiday weekend. Do check our live travel blog on Kent Online for updates on whether it's been removed you can also get regular travel bulletins on our sister radio station KMFM. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. It's been claimed by police that door staff at a nightclub in Rochester have assaulted guests. A number of allegations have been made about casino rooms on Blue Lane, including underage drinking, drink spiking and fights in the nearby car park. A review of its licence has been launched and will be looked into by councillors. Police want them to consider 11 incidents, including an assault on a man in the club in February, which saw a large part of his ear allegedly bitten off. Now, when news of the review was first announced, we did mention on the Kent Online podcast that the club said they were deeply saddened and insisted that they actively manage the venue to ensure customer safety and compliance. Well, police say they've recommended door staff wear body cameras whilst on duty. The council's licensing hearing panel will discuss the review at its headquarters on Gun Wharf in Chatham on Tuesday, May the 10th. Official figures show nearly 550 asylum seekers have crossed the channel to Kent in small boats over the last two days. That brings the total so far for this year to around 7,000, which is three times as many as over the same period last year. There are concerns more asylum seekers will make the dangerous journey as the weather improves. Meantime, a policy to send some arrivals to Rwanda is still facing several legal challenges. So let's get some opinions on this today. Tony Smith is the former Director General of UK
2: Border Force. We have very much relied upon the weather conditions actually as our most effective deterrent to uh, human smugglers and irregular migration across the English Channel for some time now. And the weather has not been great in the last few days. But on the other hand, it is possible possible that the message has got across to Calais, uh, to the migrants, that actually, you know, things are changing here. And, uh, you know, actually, if you do this from now on, as you know, the new Act was passed into law last last week, uh, which enables us now to charge people with the offence of illegal entry, uh, knowingly entering illegally. Um, and, you know, smugglers can get up to life now. And as you say, you know, people may well find themselves not, uh, given temporary admission into the UK, not admitted into our asylums. It's actually sent on to Rwanda. So, so those messages are now out there, um, but it remains to be seen, of course, whether or not they're going to be uh, you know, put into effect by the executive. So I think it's going to be an interesting uh, next uh, few days and weeks while we see what happens to the people that are arriving now.
0: Next, we can hear from Emva Solomon, who's from the Refugee Council, and says asylum seekers should be allowed to come to the UK. It isn't
3: illegal if you are fleeing war, bloodshed, oppression, you have the right to seek safety in a country of your choice. That is enshrined in the UN Convention, which this country signed over 70 years ago and was one of the founding signatories. I'm just as worried as the government is about people smugglers, but the reality is the government are not giving people Alternative routes. There's no other way. If you're fleeing the Taliban in Afghanistan, for example, you're desperate to get to the UK, you have no other choice but to make a very dangerous journey to be exploited by people smugglers to get to the UK. It's treating people as though they're nothing more than human cargo to be expelled, to be deported to an East African nation. It's appalling, it lacks compassion, and it's inhumane. These are people who we should be giving a fair hearing on UK soil.
0: Police have confirmed they're investigating reports of a sexual assault in Medway. Part of Longley Road in Raynham was cordoned off over the bank holiday weekend. Forensic teams and sniffer dogs have been in the area following the attack near to the precinct shopping area car park on Saturday night. Now this has been one of our most read stories today. A Medway woman says she's putting her life at risk every time she goes out because the route she has to use isn't wheelchair friendly. Now Sunny Matthews lives in Flats in Raynham and suffers from a condition called fibromyalgia which causes extreme pain and means that she can't walk without assistance but she says getting to the town centre is almost impossible. The issue is that the paths are not suitable for wheelchair users um there are several
4: u- wheelchair users in the block and um I've fallen out of my wheelchair several times trying to get down back to home. I have to walk up a bit more to uh, Burling Avenue and go onto a road which I've nearly got hit by a car to get back down or I have to go to, near the train station, go along the back of the train station a long way round to get back home. I can't go out, I'm scared to go out in case I have an accident. Yeah. Me and my partner go out together and he does help me a lot but it's taken my independence
0: away from me because I can't get down the ramps to get home. I have to go dangerous ways round. Well, Sally is urging Medway Council to install more dropped curbs. We have contacted them for a comment. Kent Online reports. Now, we've spoken a lot on the podcast this year about the rising cost of living and the impact it's having on families across Kent. Today, we can hear from a mum from Medway who fears she could become homeless. 58-year-old Rita lives with a disability and says the current crisis has left her so anxious that she struggles to leave the house and has been diagnosed with high blood pressure. With a rent rise of £400 and an electricity bill that's gone from just £78 to £249, Rita feels the government have forgotten about her and her family. This is Rita's story.
4: It's been really awful. It's no one will work for it really. It's just the worry of where we're going to find the money. My rent's gone up by £400 a month. Where am I going to find that money? Privately rent. My electric bill's gone up from £78 a month to £249. Um, my gas isn't as bad because I am very frugal with the gas anyway, it was a joke when my stepdad died, my mum stayed here and um, it was a joke with her that I never put the heating on anyway because I, we never had a lot of money to start with and I, I, I was one more well, you put another jumper on um, but I've not put the heating on at all since, because people don't, I've forgotten that the bills they also went up in October so I noticed it creeping up in October and I started to notice that food was really creeping up I went to get some butter and it had gone up 10 pence in a week and like the petrol and what what is starting to really annoy me now it's like oh well it's the it's the crisis in Ukraine actually no petrol was going up well before then that I noticed it in January that it was creeping up I noticed that food was going up well before that what was happening in Ukraine it's just it wasn't spoken about I came from I'm a very political person and I I remember the 70s when there was a three-day week there were there were the strikes there was, there was an energy crisis, you'd have power cuts, but only one parent needed to go to work to support a family. You had school dinners, you had a bottle of milk at school. People were all in it together, but it doesn't seem to be like that now. There is a us and them. We are the bottom of the ladder and we are left. We're left. We're the leftovers. We are the nothing. They don't get it.
0: Mm.
4: They don't understand what we're going through.
0: you can let us know how the rising cost of living is affecting you by commenting on that story today or sending us a message via socials or to news at thekmgroup.co.uk on email. We do thank Rita ever so much for sharing her story. Over the weekend, we also revealed how rental prices in Kent have left some saying they're going to leave the county. Analysis by Kent Online reveals that in half of the county's towns, there are no houses available to rent for less than £1,000 per month. And in some areas, there aren't any available at all. One Kenton P has described the situation as extremely concerning, while estate agents admit there's very little around at sensible prices. You can read that full report by heading to the website. A trans activist from Medway says the waiting time for those looking to explore their gender identity is now nearly five years. There are currently around 11,000 people on the waiting list for a clinic in South Hampstead in London. Well, I've been speaking to campaigner Hilary Cook from Medway. She's been explaining more about the situation.
5: Before the pandemic hit, for an adult trying to access a first appointment, if they could get a referral to the right clinic, was about three years. And now, today, if you look at the system, they're seeing people for a very first appointment who were referred back in December 2017. So that's a five-year wait just to see somebody to have that first discussion. Um, And when you look at the waiting list, it's increasing by something around 250 to 300 people being referred a month now, yet they're only seeing high 20s off of that list for the first time. So that waiting list is getting longer and longer. And if they don't change the model of service, if you got referred today at the rate of their progression through the numbers on the waiting list, it's going to be about 24 years that before you get to the front of the queue. And, uh, and that's just not viable. Uh, and this has forced uh, people to look for other ways to access healthcare. So those people in a position where they can afford to go private are trying to find private routes to see the gender care specialists. And there's very few of them in the UK. So some people travel abroad, and those who can't afford those routes, uh, they they unfortunately seek self-medication and try and just buy the um, the drugs, the hormones, the testosterone that they need over the internet. And and there you risk problems with you don't know
0: what's you're
5: buying. I was um, going to say uh, that
0: that sounds like that could be incredibly dangerous to be going down yes. that route. But those it, weights are just incredible, aren't they?
5: Well, they are, and um, the what we'd like to see, and it's something that uh, I and a few other people from the community and other organisations have been working on for a number of years now. Uh, with the support of some of the NHS trusts who do engagement work and with connections that we've made with some GPs within Medway um, is to look at ways of improving the services that can be provided uh, today, tomorrow, and to see how we can build um A more affirmative approach, where where um, people can get the support they need, and the model of delivery can be moved from these centralised clinics to a more local service. And this is happening elsewhere in the country under pilot schemes. Uh, so it's not something that uh, is springing up new. It's uh, It's a model, I think, that the NHS have identified is is a viable model of working. It's just getting the funding to train GPs and other healthcare professionals to be able to set up in a locality and uh, and provide that work
0: Quite startling figures there We have approached NHS England for a comment. Hilary was recently named a Pride in Medway winner for the voluntary work that she does. She's also involved in Medway Pride which will be returning this summer. Experts say work to restore three nature reserves near Canterbury will massively benefit wildlife. Nearly £2 million has been spent on the sea salter levels Bleam Woods and Rake Hill over the past year. It's hoped it'll help combat the effects of climate change and boost biodiversity biodiversity. biodiversity in those areas. And finally today, it's emerged cameras at two yellow box junctions in Dartford have only been enforcing fines for eight days since they were installed more than two years ago. Council leader Jeremy Kite says it's incredibly frustrating. Measures to improve the flow of traffic aren't being used properly. Well, just 39 fines have been issued at the Prince's Road Interchange since September 2019. Police now say it was only ever meant to be a temporary trial. Kent Online, football and unfortunately there was huge disappointment for Gillingham fans over the weekend and the manager has apologised following their relegation from League One. Neil Harris only took charge of the club in January when they were 10 points from safety and admits they haven't hit the expected standards. Well, to still be in with a chance of survival on the final day of the season was a bit of a miracle, but they were beaten 2-0 by Rotherham United on Saturday, which secured their fate. Neil did speak to the Kent Online podcast after the final whistle.
6: Ultimately, I'm the the manager of the football club. I take responsibility on behalf of the football club for letting our fans down this season. Um, The the standards, the professionalism, um, the, the... The recruitment uh, hasn't been good enough and we've paid the price and we can't just slope from one week to the next as we have as as, as a club. The standards next season will be miles better. I'll have players with more professionalism, I'll have leadership in my changing room, um, I'll have more quality and we'll have a right good going league too. Since February the first when I walked in we've had the smallest budget in the division. So if you have the smallest budget in the division that normally gets you bottom of the league. That's fact. top 10 this year in league well, portsmouth has got 70 points, 73 points, and just about made the top 10. You now the gulf between the divisions is a joke. It's a brilliant division, that's why I'm so desperate to stay in it. that um, we, just, we just had to bed was a football club. It, today we, we, we did we try to compete with them. they have got better players, than us. better players, better squad. Look at the bench, just, just, you know we talk about the bench, don't call them subs anymore, we call them game changers. Game changers. I don't see many we've got 13 goals this year at home it's, it's just it's, it's, a, it's a disgrace for any football club certainly the football club I'm representing we're going to go into League 2 next year and also we're not going to be Gideon Football clubs going to have the biggest budget in League 2 it's not going to happen we're going to have to compete cut a cloth a league and get on with it that's going to be the challenge for me to put a squad together I've got 7 players under contract those 7 all of them will not be here next year under me not by choice anyway um, some will be gone mm-hmm. Uh, players out of contract, there's a couple I'd like to keep but the players haven't been good enough. You know, you can always blame past regimes, you can always blame so-and-so or this, we haven't got that, we haven't done that. Players have to take responsibility as well and I've protected my players since the moment I walked in and I take responsibility, half of the football club, does the dressing room take responsibility for their performances? I've wanted to play a back four since the moment I walked through the door and I can't play a back four because we just going to see goals. Any time in any game, we've adjusted open up a little bit, we've been punished. You know, I have, to, I have to have faith, I have to have trust in my players. I'm not being able to have that. Um, great lads, really, really I say that, really nice lads, really nice. You know what nice gets you in that? Last place. You know, I, I have to be angry because I have to represent the football club and, and, and convey the message of, of my thoughts. You know that's my job, I told you. The moment I walked in, i always be honest. You know, i never shirk a question. Um, I knew the challenge when I walked in. You know, I'm emotionally uh, involved because I always been in this football club since i had my loan period here, and and you know, I'm friends of season ticket holders and, and, and friends that have played here, um, proper like good friends of mine, proper, Gillingham players and Andy Hessenthaler and uh, Adam Barrett and Andy Frampton, people like that. You know, Michael Flynn. You know, so I know what it means to be a Gillingham supporter, and I into the idea when I took over we were 10 points adrift and about 3,000 goals behind everybody because the goal difference was horrific and ultimately the goal difference has cost us we've got a lot more points than the teams around us since I took over but we just give ourselves too much to do before Christmas or before January finished um, there has to be learning curves within the football club that if you don't improve standards if you don't drive forward and I talk about taking steps they don't take the steps of the football club that I want to take then we're not going to be successful next year. So that's the challenge to the football club. We have to be better because I'm, I'm all in, as you can tell. I enjoy it here. Um, I think I've galvanised the football club and brought the terraces closer to the pitch. Um, the fans stuck with the players again today um, because, let's just be honest, we just haven't got as good players as the teams we're playing against.
0: Despite being relegated to League Two, the Jills did hand out some silverware over the weekend. Captain Stuart O'Keefe was named Player of the Year at their end-of-season awards. Jack Tucker got the Young Player Prize and scored the goal of the season, while Player's Player went to Robbie McKenzie. On to cricket now, and Kent are still looking for their first win of the season after their match against Yorkshire ended in a draw. Bad Light stopped Player Headingley on the final day. Kent welcome a Sri Lanka Development 11 to Canterbury for a four-day match from Friday. And a Q a huge crowd of more than 27,000 people packed into Brands Hatch over the weekend to see MotoGP legend Valentino Rossi racing Kent for the very first time. The 43-year-old Italian has switched from bikes to cars this season and finished 8th. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also get access to the ad free Kent Online premium site by subscribing. To do it, you just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group